Welcome to Her Next Play's Power Chat Podcast, hosted by Sarah Wegman and Audra Emerson. At Her Next Play, our mission is to develop the next generation of women leaders through sports. Sports build powerful leadership skills, and female athletes have enormous leadership and career potential. In our Power Chat Podcast, we talk to inspiring women leaders about sports, leadership, and careers. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Sarah Wegman, and I'm thrilled to welcome our guest today, Kiana Smith, to the Her Next Play Power Chat Podcast. Kiana is the Senior Associate Athletic Director at Western Michigan University. She earned both her bachelor's degree in health and sports studies and her master's in sports studies at Miami University. During her time at Miami, she was the manager and graduate assistant of the men's basketball team. Kiana has had a varied and interesting career in collegiate athletics. Kiana, thank you for being on the podcast today. We're so excited to have you as a guest. It's wonderful to be here, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. So I want to start off and ask, did you play sports growing up? Because I noticed that you were the manager of the Miami College men's basketball team. And I'm really curious, were you a basketball player? or What led you to pursue that? Well, yes, um, my mom, so I, my mom worked a lot. So I, she basically used sports as babysitting. So I played every sport there was. Um, my true love is softball, uh, which is the one I played the most. I was a catcher um, until my knees gave out. <laughs> and, uh, but it's funny, I, I really did get my start in college athletics with men's basketball. And this is an interesting story. So when I was in high school, I am not good at math. And our algebra teacher was the men's basketball coach or the boys basketball coach. And so he said he would give extra credit to have people like keep stats and stuff in the game. So I was immediately raised my hand because I sucked at algebra. So I, um, so I started doing that and uh, they asked me if I wanted to help out more. And I started taking on more and more responsibilities as a manager for men's ba- for boys basketball in high school while playing softball. Um, so I actually kind of split my time like in the winter when that transition came over. Um, then what so happened is that uh, one of our basketball people, he played in Indiana and then he went on to be a professional player um, for the Atlanta Hawks for many years. So he was heavily recruited. So we, when he was a junior, I was a senior. And we had coaches coming in all the time. One, the coach that recruited him to Indiana was Joby Wright. And just so happened that when I graduated college and went on to Miami, Joby got the job as the head men's basketball coach at Miami. So knowing him, because I used to see him every day at practice, I said, hey, maybe I can still do this here. And um, he was like, sure. I think, you know, having seen me do the work um, during practice with while he was watching Alan uh, was helpful in getting, helping me get that position uh, with the, the men's basketball team at Miami. So basically that started a five year career <laughs> because I did it all the way through grad school where I was, a, I was basically did whatever was asked. And what now I think is a job, it's like basketball operations. So I did travel, uh, I played travel, I fed, I did meals, we ran practice, we edited film, which was much harder back then. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's really how I got my way. And the more I was more interested, once I realized there was so much stuff going on and that you could like actually do this for a living, uh, that's when I, I changed my major to be in sports management so that I could learn how to do this. And I mean, it was really great being at Miami because they just let me, they let me take on more and more 
um, with home game management and that sort of stuff, which really kind of led me to where I am. Right. That was going to be my question is at what moment did you realize that this could be a career and more than just, you know, a connection that led to some opportunities um, for extracurriculars and, and a job during college? Was there a moment or something that really attracted you to this as like, oh, I could do this for my career? Well, once I started meeting other people in the athletic department and realizing like this was their job, um, Pat Ryan was the kind of, I guess, associate AD for like operations and facilities, I think. I don't remember what his exact title was, but he was in, I, what I knew was he was in charge of our game day management um, for basketball. And so I started asking him questions and being like, oh, and, and he, you know, he was kind of explaining, yeah, yeah, it's a job. You can, <laughs> you can do this. Because most people think that there's just the AD. And um, if you don't know, and I'm like, but no, there's a whole slew of people who do all this stuff to help um, the games go on and student athletes graduate and all that other good stuff. So I guess I would say it was probably around my junior year, I realized that I could actually have a career or right before my junior, I could actually have a career um, in athletics. And that's what I did. Right. So it's interesting. I feel like a lot of leaders that I've talked to that are in the college athletics field do have a master's degree. Is that for this field something that is pretty critical in moving up from a leadership perspective? Um, I would say so. Um, and the reason I say that, and it might, it might be changing, but I think one of the, here's one of the things, number one, and, and I don't mean this critically at all, but getting a master's degree in sports management at most places really is not that difficult. Like something, it's something it's good for you to have pretty much everybody else that you're competing against for jobs is going to have one unless you are offered some unbelievable experience right out of college in a position that's going to pay you, then I would suggest you go back and do it. I, I suggest you go back and get it. Um, and uh, you know, it's the hardest part is breaking into the industry. So if you already have a connection that's going to get you a position that pays something, then you probably don't need it. If you don't, when you go for internships, that's when you need to have the master's. So it's, about it's about the internship to get you in much more than advancing your career right okay right and so you've had a really interesting and varied career you've worked for many different conferences and colleges i saw you worked at a lot of different championships i think a lot of athletes and to your point earlier um graduate and are interested in, in doing something sports related to stay close to the game but they have no idea about the breadth of opportunities in college athletics can you give us some highlights in terms of some of the types of positions you had and i guess you know especially around championships although this year it sounds like a lot of them are canceled but i mean what are some of the highlights um, of projects and different roles that you've had well i um well i the one thing that I learned and one thing that I found uh, working at Miami was that I found my niche, like my niche is kind of organizing things for other people. So that's what, so that helped me find that out. Um, when I was at Miami, so I worked at Miami for 10 years um, as their kind of chief operating officer and I was an assistant, I worked my, and I basically was charge of all their facilities and events and things. And so what I would do is get interns because we didn't have a lot of staff. I get interns, which were not paid, but they were students. And I always told people like, you've got to get your foot in the door some way. And you, if you can volunteer your time when you're a student and you're in class and you don't really, um, 
you don't really need money. You don't really need a whole lot of money to survive because a lot of that stuff is being provided for you or via scholarships or loans or whatever. Like this is the time to get involved because then you can see all the different areas. I mean, your every single athletic department in the country has people have students working for them in some capacity. So you can do like you can see the media people, the compliance folks, um, the events and operations, which is my area. Uh, in facilities which can be separate camps all that kind of stuff get involved work individually with a team get involved some way that's what I would say but as far as like oh my gosh there's too many I will tell you so now when I worked at the NCAA putting on national championships is just thrill of a lifetime like you cannot I, you can't discount that at all you are seeing athletes in there, the, the most elite athletes in the best competitions that you will ever, but the two things that stick out to me, um, and, I, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the year, but <laughs> so at the outdoor track and field championships, um, the men's four by one was the last, is, is one of the last races. It's very, it's, it, it's huge, it's ridiculous. And I remember at the time there was a, the, the record, the NCAA record, you know, they show you all that, they talk it up, you're in the finals and there's eight teams in the finals. Seven of the eight beat the record and the eighth one tied it. It was the most amazing things. I was, I was like, getting at the finish line, like, this is unbelievable. Um, that was that was really, really, really amazing. Um, and I will never forget, like I have the pictures that are in my mind I wish I could share. That's, I will never forget that experience. Um, the other one I think is with the Women's College World Series, being such a lover of softball. Uh, I've, I've served on the softball committee once before and now, actually I'm back on it now. Going to the Women's College World Series, I love every aspect of that. I try, I mean, if I'm not there, I'm watching. I try to, I volunteer to do that. I, I love, love, love watching that. And the series with Alabama and Oklahoma, those, I just love watching that and, and getting to meet those coaches and teams. And those coaches are so nice. Like they're so nice and they're such real people and kids and the kids are all nice. Like you go to these championships and like, um, nobody is you know conceited or full of themselves or like I'm so cool you can't talk to me or whatever they're just all really really good people and trying and that is so fulfilling like you get to see you get to see that and to see some of seriously the best competition the stuff you see plays like you're just like ah. you know I, I remember once I was watching um Kehlani Ricketts who was a pitcher at Oklahoma and I know we were like that girl she's such a competitor I was like I wouldn't play her at Tilly Weeks like, <laughs> like she is so awesome so yeah I mean it is it is it's a I, I it's been an amazing ride I am so grateful for all the experiences that I've got gotten to have but honestly you just show it up is part, part of it so right and can you Tell us about your position now um, and what a typical day, if there is one, and maybe a typical day pre-COVID. I mean, I know, I know things are so up in the air now, but um, what is your focus in your current role? I don't really know that there's a typical day. <laughs> it, is, it is basically just figuring out uh, planning, planning, figuring out any issues, trying to tackle them, trying to make the best experience. I, my goal is to help our coaches and staff so they can help our student athletes 
so they can be successful. That's pretty much what I do. So whatever I need to do to make that happen, that's what I do. Right. So I'm sure you've been um, obviously really close in contact with the coaches as seasons have been canceled and events have been pushed back. We have a lot of our community that are student athletes and it's just been hard having their season canceled in the spring and others um, pushed back in the fall or canceled. So I know that um, your conference, the Mid-American Conference, was one of the first to push things back. How have those decisions been going? What are you doing to support both coaches and student athletes during all this? And I, I just read a study of student athletes that said maybe it was over half were experiencing anxiety or depression or different mental issues, which I think also the broad population of the U.S. is as well. Um, What are some things that you're doing to help support student athletes or your school is doing during this? I think it's just creating a different sense of community. Um, And I really have to say, like, for the most part, our people, student athletes and coaches of life have been really good. They have been so adaptable. We have had knock wood, and I know I'm probably going to be maybe alone in this, but we've had no coach like freak out and be like, we must play or whatever. We didn't have any of that. There, Everybody has been so concerned about how can we do this safely? What can we control? Like, what can we control? And for us, school just started yesterday. So we're honestly optimistic that the rest of the student, the other 15,000 people on campus will be able to, you know, manage themselves and our student athletes have to act responsibly because we, you know, we're really telling them like, this is up to you. Whether you participate this year is up to you because we can't control what you do on the weekends. We only get you for like four hours a day. The rest of the time, you, the other 20 is on you. So if you don't manage your uh, life and what you expect, you're going to, you're going to ruin it for yourself and your team and maybe the athletic department. So, right. It's a big responsibility for those, those young people as they go off to college, I think. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And, but I think so far they have really responded really well. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you about was I was reading about an internship program that you have worked on that helps develop potential collegiate administrators. So can you tell me a little bit about that program? So, um, like I said, when I was at Miami, we had a very comprehensive intern program. Um, It got, uh, I had to, so basically it was myself and I had one assistant and we were responsible for putting on the events for 16 different teams and we, (laughs) there wasn't enough hours in the day, uh, make all that happen. So the way that we did that is we hired interns Um, and I really put and it was just having just come from the NCAA, and I don't know if you know, but they have a fairly, fairly comprehensive intern program. I stole some of the things that they used um, and kind of made it really like a job. Like you had to come in with a resume. You had to apply. You had to. That's fantastic. Uh, All great even, to learn. Yes. It, it, even though you may not, you had to have interviews and not just with me, you interviewed with other people. And then we selected people and sometimes people didn't get selected. Like we didn't just take everyone, even though this was a completely unpaid internship. Like I just think back, there's so many, we have so many former interns who have gone on to do such great things. Um, You know, I've got, we've got a kid working at PGA. One of my kids is an AD. One of the kids um, is the head of manager at Oklahoma. Um, One used to be at, uh, one used to be at Ohio State and is now at Peloton. Like there's just, there's just a slew of people who've come through who were general students and some who were 
um, student athletes even we had uh, when the, you know uh, when they could uh, in their free time uh, once they got rid. So it was it was very and they had evaluations. They had peer evaluations. They had uh, we did evaluations. Um, told them what they needed to work on and really tried to help them grow like it was a really kind of more like a job and not just an uh, unpaid unpaid intern so that's i really wanted to make it fulfilling and i hopefully i did uh hopefully uh folks will tell you that they really learned something whether they wanted to work in some people learned that they didn't want to work in sports right so, which is valuable in itself and i think all of those i mean i've kudos because all the things you did in terms of making uh, you know interviews and having to have a resume and all those things give you practice at that process which I think sometimes we don't um, support students enough in developing those career readiness skills so it sounds like a great a great program. Um, we've all been dealing with a pandemic um, but also with the movement for social and racial justice and it's been so inspiring to see the pro sports teams, the WNBA, Naomi Osaka and tennis really lead the way. And so I'm curious, um, at your college, are student athletes getting involved? And have you seen any programs or college athletes that have really been pushing on that? So we have enacted a diversity task force within athletics. Um, and we started it, we started it over the summer uh, with a committee of uh, staff and coaches. Uh, <clears throat> but then well, now we are just initiating the student athlete part. So we have 23, I believe, student athletes who've volunteered um, who want to come on with us. Uh, we have done, a, there's a lot of social media action around our teams. Like if you look on our team sites, they've done a lot of posting with videos and different educational pieces. Um, and we want to continue that and to support them um, in whatever ways we can. So uh, they're actually one of the big things we're pushing is like a register to vote action, which is coming up. That's our next thing. What I can say is the biggest thing is listening, listening to different experiences, even for our coaches. I think it was such a awakening our coaches had a meeting where it was just themselves talking about like what the experiences are for the african-american coaches again what they have to go through and so you know our our white coaches had no idea and just to open their eyes and they're like oh man i had no idea that you had to go through this and this plan so again another one i work at a really gay place everybody's like yep let's how can we do it what can we do how can we help so yeah, it's, I, I'm really looking forward to see um, what kind of things we can accomplish, because that was one of the things, I mean, I, that was one of my big pushes. I'm like, I'll participate in this, but only if we're going to do things that are really going to make change. Like, I, right. we don't need another committee that's just going to sit around and talk about things. Right. If we're going right. to do anything, then I'm not going to be a part of that, so... Right. So that's going to sound like you have so many committees, so you want to make sure that this is going to be productive. So kind of along those lines this week, um, her next play is based in Minneapolis, and there was an article that came out. So there are 30 Minnesota colleges and universities that compete in NCAA sports, and McAllister is the only school with more than one black head coach out of those 30. And then only two Minnesota schools have black athletic directors, and I want to note that they're both men. <laughs> so what has been your experience as a woman of color working in college athletics when, you know, sometimes you're probably the only woman of color at the table? And then what would you say to young women that want to be in this space and work in college athletics and they're just looking around and not seeing people that look like them? Well, 
I will say yes, more often than not, I am the only person, I am the only one. Um, typically now I'm the only person at my level, um, usually uh, we, you know, we have two black head coaches and we have various assistant coaches, but um, yeah, you're right. You're gonna have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable in that situation. Um, and you have to understand that you, I know, even though it's, it's not, it's not right. And it's not what's supposed to be your representation in the room. So you have to remember that you're not only representing yourself, but you're representing a population of people. And that's if you're a woman and if you're a person of color, like you have to keep that in mind. Um, but the biggest thing that I will say to young women think that they be an AD commissioner, an associate athletic director, whatever, is apply for the job. Like that's right of the problem. <laughs> you have to apply for the job. You can't like being, there is no great spontaneous knowledge to being an athletic director. Basically it's common sense. Look, educate yourself, look around you, listen to the people that you work with and make decisions. It's not complicated. But if you want to do that, you're going to have to apply for the job. Nobody's going to, I think a lot of, the, and I don't, I can't, I haven't figured out over the course of time if this is a female trait or not, but we just wait, we think somebody, we expect somebody's going to see it and say, oh, you should, and just tap you and say, oh, you've been doing a great job. You should be athletic director. That is not how it works. Right. You have to, you have to go after it. You have to go get it. And um, so I encourage all the young women out there, go get it, go get it. And if there's some way, those of us who are already can help you, we will help you, but you have, to right. go get, you have to go get it and you have to believe that you can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. The research really shows pretty clearly that women don't apply for jobs until they feel like they meet a hundred percent or maybe it's 99% of the qualifications where men will apply when they have about 50%. And so we're always telling young women the same message, which is you can do the job, go out there and apply and, and, and learn and grow and go get it. So great advice. Um, all right, so we do a rapid fire question portion of our podcast. So I have just five quick questions and then we'll wrap up. Um, so who is your favorite female athlete? Serena Williams. What is your favorite Olympic sport? Well, softball is back now. <laughs> it counts. <laughs> it counts, yeah. And this is probably going to be hard, hard for you because I, I can only imagine you've been to so many, but what is the best live sports event you've ever attended? Women's College World Series. And what was the last show you binge watched, if you have time to do that sort of thing? Oh, the, the West Wing. I, I'm currently re-watching it. I've watched it like six times and I'm currently re-watching it again. So I love it. Uh, I love that show. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, what's the last book you read? Uh, the Garden by John Gordon. All right. See, one of the best things about this podcast is I get so many good recommendations for shows to binge watch and books to read. So as we wrap up at Her Next Play, we're all about giving visibility to women leaders. Is there a women leader who is inspiring you right now? Oh my gosh, my boss, my boss, Kathy Beauregard. Um, she has been at Western Michigan for like 40 some years and is our, it has been our AD for like 24, 23, 24, something like that. Um, and she's just amazing. Like the level of empathy and optimism that she has for every single person, student athlete, 
that is in our form alumni, all of it. And she remembers them all. <laughs> like I is it's just amazing. Like I am in awe of her, you know, like I was on a call with her yesterday and I was like, I just cannot even believe how she has this true belief that everything's going to work out. It's all going to be good. It's all going to be great. And we're going to, it's going to be a great day to be a Bronco. And I'm like, that is amazing. Even when the world is crashing down, she still really believes that. Um, and I love that about her. She's, she's really, really inspiring. I wish I could be, I want to be more like her. Yes. Kiana, thank you so much for being on the Her Next Play Power Chat podcast. Thank you again. This has been great. I loved being here. So I really appreciate it. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Her Next Play Power Chat podcast. We hope you've been inspired to become part of our community and join us in our mission to develop the next generation of women leaders through sports. You can help support us by heading to our website at www.hernextplay.org to join our Booster Club as a donor or a volunteer. And follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Her Next Play to learn more about our programs and upcoming events. We'll be back soon for the next Power Chat.